to find the order that creates beauty and flow for you in your life and build on that. Where are you tolerating disorder? Where is it an energy leak for you? Where are you losing energy because that disorder is pulling your focus away from what you really, really want? Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez, founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping ambitious, driven women who want more for themselves really create that in their lives and businesses. So whether you're building a company as an entrepreneur or you're building a company as an entrepreneur, you know that you were made for more and you're going for it. And how do you create that amazing, exquisite, epic life. That's what we are all about here. And today I want to talk about this concept of success leaves trails. So I am fascinated by people living, people past who had very successful lives, who did extraordinary things. And what they did, what was their story? What was their path, their journey? And there's this concept that success leaves leaves clues. There's a trail, there's information there. And I'm constantly triangulating that. I hope you are as well. And what I'd like to talk about today is a few of the takeaways that I had from the David Beckham documentary that is on Netflix. And I just wrapped it up. I just finished watching it and it was so good. Oh, so good. I just love learning about successful people's paths. And we could have a whole other conversation about what success means and and how do you define success. But today, I'm just going to assume that we're going to agree that David Beckham is an extraordinarily successful human. Now, he's not a woman. I get that. He's married to an extremely successful woman named Victoria Beckham, aka Victoria Adams, aka Posh Spice. And she is someone that I would love to have a conversation with, love to to dive into her life. This documentary was not about her. It was about her in relationship with with David and and the life that they created, but not her story per se, which I would love, love, love to learn. So first off, they actually called him Golden Balls, which is such a funny nickname. But of course, he's a footballer, so that makes some sense. But everything he touched turned to gold. And he seemed to have never-ending success in all the arenas that he chose to put himself forth in. Now, that is not actually true. That's a that's a storyline that people have perpetuated about him. And, and sure, he's had extraordinary success, but there were some very hard times and not everything was golden. And in particular, you know, this, this documentary, of course, is edited through the lens of the, the 
interviewer, the editor, the director, the you know producer, all there, there's a particular slant that was presented here. So we need to know that that this is probably not the full story. They they edit it to to make it into a compelling docu series. But that said, one thing that that was highlighted and was very poignant for me was that when he first played for England in the World Cup final, he got a red card, which meant that he was ousted from the World Cup. And you could argue whether that was legit, whether it was an extreme action on the the part of the referee, but he was ousted. And seemingly all of England hated him. So imagine living your life with the energy of a population of an entire country being directed at you with extreme vitriol. And by vitriol, I mean effigies of, be- of him being hung outside of pubs, being spit at in the street, bullets in the mail, being yelled at. But even if you take away that extreme demonstration of pain and hate, and of course that hate comes from pain, but the pain of disappointment, not knowing what to do with that and and needing to find a scapegoat, someone to blame. The country was looking to to place their their sadness, their pain on someone because just being sad and and disappointed, they couldn't sustain that. They couldn't can couldn't hold that. Now Obviously, a country is made up of many individuals, so I'm, I'm talking as an aggregate here. And all those people were not necessarily doing these incredibly outward demonstrations of, of pain, of, of hate, but many of them were blaming him in their hearts. And, and so there's, there's frequency, there's energy, there's experience, there's actual experience of someone spitting on you, all of that. Could you imagine having that level of vitriol being targeted at you energetically and and actually like how do you get through that how do you deal with that and and we're talking not just for a few days but for months and months and months and months and months and yet he persisted which leads me to muse that if you're ambitious if you're driven if you're powered by an inner calling which he was he had a strong desire to love football and to be the best footballer there is uh, for those of us in the united states i'm talking about soccer here but when you are someone who is going for more like that there are going to be intense highs and intense lows like he had incredible highs incredible wins and there will be intense lows. This is the law of rhythm. And most people aren't courageous enough to lean in to life and go after those highs because intuitively they know that there is the potential to be matched by an equal and opposite low. And this was a very intense low. This was an intense period. But the uber successful get to be uber successful because they persist through the lows and they persist by looking at what they desire, their end goal. Not by not feeling. He felt. He was stoic for sure. He was not retaliating. He he never retaliated in pain back, which was 
a way of neutralizing the energy that was coming at him. It was a way of allowing it to go past him. Though I, I believe that he felt guilty about that move in the, the World Cup that caused the, the red card. So he was matching their pain with his pain in some way and we get vibrational matches. So yes, he was stoic. Yes, he persisted. Yes, he had to move through it in his own good time. So as much as he hurt, he kept moving forward intentionally with determination in the direction of what he loved, which in Beckham's case was football. That was his his big love, his big desire. He was fully focused on that. And focus is a big thing. Some of us have many focuses or too many focuses that we don't become brilliant in one arena. I know that I have a, a tendency to want to do lots and lots of things with my life. And I need to to help myself focus on the ones that I really, really, really want to create and then build a rubric under that for all the other things. But focus is one of the key things that allows people to be successful. And he did just that. He focused in the direction of what he loved. And in this case, it was football followed by I believe family, there was a strong connection to family for him, whether it was his his family of upbringing, origin, or the Manchester United family that he was part of for many, many years, I think it was 15 years, or the family that he created with his wife, Victoria Beckham, and their kids. He He really focused on that. And then the third piece was and this is where I have uh, a lot of different names for the same thing. You might call it flash. This is the fashion, the cars, the clothing, the leaning into the spotlight and the life of Vogue and sponsorship and, and all of that. Or you might call it leaning into beauty, into a desire for, for more. So one of the things that the documentary highlighted was that he was someone who went out and spent his money immediately upon getting it. He didn't grow up in an affluent household. And when he started making money, he would spend it all. And his teammates were like, hey, Beckham, save it for a rainy day. And he was like, no, let's go out and play. So he had a real desire for the things that money could buy in life, whether it was beautiful clothes, beautiful cars, all of that. And it was important to him. And I think this is uh, something that I've done with my own life as I've looked back with 2020 hindsight. If you look back, his desire for that helped him match vibrationally to his, his soon-to-be girlfriend, fiance and wife, Posh Spice, who was very much into that as well. And they created a beautiful relationship, you know, not without challenges by any means, but something that that was really of depth and that drive for that level of beauty that money can buy attracted him vibrationally to another person in this world who also had that same same desire. And if he had held off going for that saying no to something that was a true desire for him and doing, quote unquote, the practical thing, he might not have been a vibrational match for 
Victoria and his life may have gone in a very, very different direction. And the two of them have built an empire together. They were, in, in some ways, the most famous couple in England and in the world for, for a long time. And they, you know, got incredible sponsorships from that. And she built a fashion brand. And he and she together created an amazing business from that desire being fed. So whether that's your desire or not, you have to recognize that there was some outcome there that led them to financial success. There's lots of ways to define success, but in this case, financial success. So going back to this concept of focus, he wasn't going in a lot of directions. He had a lot going on in his life, but it was football, family, and this pursuit of the beauty that money can buy. And this level of focus is a form of order. And the universe loves order. Thomas Troward, who was a, a judge who wrote on an English judge uh, in the 19, 19th century, I think, early 20th century, says that order is heaven's first law. And I've always loved that statement, order is heaven's first law. And I had to really think about what that meant. Like, what does that mean? You know, there's chaos, there's order, there's both, right? There's the big bang and the, the universe explodes. There's a lot of chaos, but then there is this, this creating of order from that chaos. And there's a, a constant rhythm of that back to the law of rhythm, where there's a seemingly out of control chaos that isn't chaotic if we look at it from a higher level then we can see the order we can see the way but if we're in the chaos it feels chaotic but our job when we're in the chaos is to lovingly move to a level of awareness that helps us see the order to act in ways that are more and more ordered i think that's a really important important piece and focus is a form of order and the universe loves order. It's, it's heaven's first law. And yet you also have to ask, and this documentary brings it up uh, quite clearly as a question, is there such a thing as too much order? And by saying the documentary brings it up as a thing, they just highlight Beckham's seeming obsession with order in his environment from the meticulous way that he keeps his kitchen to the order of his clothes in his closet. And you might say that all of this is slightly OCD. That's the implication. He's a, he even smiles in a little chagrined kind of way. And you might also say maybe he has too much time on his hands now. You could make all sorts of arguments. But what I believe is that I imagine that this level of beauty in his environment, that this order creates, quiets his mind and takes the chaos of his life, the chaos of the memories, the chaos of everything that he is creating and building and quiets it in his mind. That there are all these places where there's seeming chaos, but here in my castle, in my fiefdom, I can create some order. And it quiets his mind and it's quite beautiful. So there's a link between order and beauty that I want to call for it here. I know that seeing how he folded, stacked, and arranged his t-shirts made my heart sing. Like I was like, oh, that's beautiful. That's that's amazing. That's, oh, I love that. It calmed my nervous system. 
And, you know, I am someone who loves a clean and ordered house. You know, I might be a piler, not a filer, but I love order. I love a visually peaceful environment. I organize my closet by both the type of clothing and the color. I like my shoes all facing the same way, lined up, color coordinated, organized by type, all of that. It's so peaceful and easy on my eyes. So I totally related to this. I may not have taken it as far as him, but I was like, ah, yeah, order creates so much beauty and beauty creates so much order. And then it made me muse, you know, like I wonder what the closets of the uber successful are like. I can't really imagine someone who is top of their game having a disordered environment, okay? But is there such a thing as too much order, right? Could you go over the top? You have to balance these things, obviously, but I can't imagine anyone who's truly on top of their game having a disordered environment. And I wonder, right? I wonder if what the closets of the uber, uber successful look like. Are there any super, uber successful people in life that have a disordered environment? It's an interesting question. I don't have an answer to that. I haven't done a research project on that, but I can't really imagine someone who's incredibly successful living in that kind of chaos. Now, I could imagine, say, someone who's a physicist or something having a messy environment because they're so in their mind, their minds are what's ordered. That's where they're placing their energy for order. So I suppose there's there's uh, places where that could come forth. But it begs the question, does order create success? Or are the successful naturally ordered? I wonder that. Does order create success? Or are the successful naturally ordered? What do you think about that? And just to be clear, an OCD compulsion for order alone does not create success, right? We, we can see that. We know that there are people who have OCD and it's limiting to them. It's it's keeping them small. It's It's you know, limiting their life and what they can do. It's a constraint, not a, it's not additive. But a disordered environment and disordered thinking certainly creates friction that gets in the way of success in both life and business. It, it uses up your energy. It's an energy leak, if you will. And I think that's an interesting play back and forth. To one extreme, it's taking up too much of your energy and you're channeling too much of your focus there. So it limits the rest of your life but if you don't attend to the order if you if you have disorder in your environment then it becomes this this place where you're leaking energy your your mind keeps going back to it you keep getting distracted by your environment so it works both ways so what lesson do we take from beckham's meticulousness i think it's not to be ocd about everything in your life for sure that's not the answer but i think the lesson is to find the order that creates beauty and flow for you in your life and build on that. Where are you tolerating disorder? Where is it an energy leak for you? Where is it something that distracts you from your focus, from what you truly want to create? Whether that's disorder in 
your thinking disorder, in your management style disorder, in the way you parent disorder, in the way you get dressed in the morning disorder, in your home disorder, in your office, in your relationships, in your communication, in food and health, and yes, in your closet as well. Where are you losing energy because that disorder is pulling your focus away from what you really, really want. So my my call to action for you today would be to create that order, incrementally perhaps, but watch as you create that order, your peace, your ease, and your success increase. So I hope you find that helpful. If you haven't already watched the documentary, please go watch. There's so many other takeaways that we could be talking about from that documentary, but those are the highlights for me. And thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking and commenting and being part of our community of Unstoppable Women. I'm Amira Alvarez, founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Have an unstoppable day. Bye.